Uncovered Cinema, episode 30, Two Popes. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to Uncovered Cinema. My name is Will. And I'm Brian. And today we're going to be bringing you something a little bit different. We had a hard opening, which is different than what we usually do. (laughs) I know. We usually have some sort of chit chatter going on, but you know, wanted to try something new this time. It's been and uh, it's been a rough summer. I mean, it's hot. I think the uh, all of California is just constantly on fire, and I I know you're getting hit with every storm in Florida right now. So. yeah, well, I mean, we, yeah, we're getting hit with hurricanes, whatever. That's that's normal news. At least we don't have fired natives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a new thing, that, man. A, yeah, well, they heard about sharknadoes and they had to one up us. So <laughs> just light them on fire now. I guess. Uh, anyways, we're tearing apart uh, two popes. It's a Netflix movie that with Anthony mm-hmm. Hopkins. I love. He's an amazing yeah. actor. Anything he's in, I like. And uh, we're going to be yeah. checking that out today. But yeah, this is going to be a little bit of a challenge for us because I, I don't know about you, but I'm not like super religious. So I don't really know. Like I was Catholic, but not anymore. And I haven't been for years. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And I I have a love-hate relationship with religion, right? Um, I am religious in the extent that, uh, you know, in my beliefs and whatnot. Yeah. However... Uh, I don't really care for organized religion too much, and I don't really care for the restraints that are put onto the regular person. Yeah. What what religion are uh, you? Over... If I can ask, is it a is it a Buddha in the sky, or uh, <laughs> what, is it no, God, um, or Jesus, or a, a Jewish God? No, um, still I, God, I, I guess. I am. Um, yeah, Jewish God is a God. Gosh, <laughs> dang it. Um, no, I am um, baptized Mormon. Oh, so okay. I'm not Catholic. Um, we are just as crazy, though. So, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've listened to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it, the restrictions that are put on you um, not being able to eat chocolate, have caffeine, which are two of my absolute favorite yeah. things, but not being able being told that we have the freedom of choice and um free will and all that stuff but then at the same exact time being told that but you still can't do x y and z yeah. because i say so yeah yeah it's, um. well i, I think that, that's kind of the whole point is like you can have free choice to do whatever you want but you yeah. choose not to i guess for like a higher power and i don't know i've always felt like maybe you should just choose not to for yourself because yeah. I've, I've traditionally felt like religion is just kind of a way to control people and uh, I, I'm, yeah. I myself am baptized Catholic, and so I remember, like when I was younger, when they elected a new pope or you know selected a new pope, and it, like it was a big deal. Like for us, it's like a, a mm-hmm. Catholic, it's like a Super Bowl because you're watching the TV, you're waiting for the the, the smoke to come out, and you know if, if one's black, then they they didn't you know select somebody, and if it's white, mm-hmm. they did select somebody. But oddly, it's very. Uh, democratic in the way that they all vote for it. Um, yeah. So it's it's, it's yeah, kind of hard to get super pol- uh, political process, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know nothing about how they pick the Pope and everything like that. So uh, it surprised me when I did a little bit of research because I wanted to go 
into this film with at least a little bit of knowledge about who the Pope is, yeah. what he does, you know, how he's elected and stuff like that. You know, be, I'm not Catholic. I don't know any of any of this stuff, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't teach you how the Catholic church works when you're being raised Mormon. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you ever do like uh, missionaries uh, or anything? Or is that what they call them? when you're supposed to go knock yeah, on people's doors? They, yeah, it's called going on your mission. Um, I never ended up doing that. I um, opted to join the military instead. Uh, and I could have gone on my mission after the service, during the service. It, it really didn't matter. But you don't get a pass for know. joining the military. Like that's a no you can, kind of missionary, you can I guess. yeah yeah you can join um you can go on a mission at any time you can go on the mission after your when you're old uh when you're young it really doesn't matter it's just if you're in the military it's not like they're pushing you yeah <laughs> to join you know or to go on your mission it's it's more like a voluntary thing i see but if you're a good mormon um boy or girl you're expected more or less to go on your mission. If it's not something that's told to you, it's definitely something that is secretly expected of you. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, that's not too far from the Catholic ideology, which is to shame you into doing everything. So <laughs> it's, it's right along the, well, uh, they shame. there's some similarities there between our religions. Oh yeah. They, they, they shame. There is some people that have nothing outside of the church. Oh, yeah. So they just get in everybody's business. Yeah. Well, uh, anyways, uh, I, I'm looking forward to this film. It's going to be uh, Anthony Hopkins and uh, Jonathan Price, who I haven't really seen um, too much. I'm, I'm looking at his filmography, and it was mostly like uh, Game of Thrones and uh, The Crown. So, actually, I think this should be kind of a good rival paired with Hopkins. It's Jonathan Price, for goodness sakes. I mean, he's been in everything. Yeah. I've seen him actually in movies across the, you know, across the spectrum, all across Sir my Jonathan Price. Up. I'm just looking at that. Ooh. Yeah, he's knighted. I'm so sorry yeah. about that, sir. That is. <laughs> that's pretty cool. My bad. Uh, that's that's freaking awesome, dude. Anybody that gets knighted, dude, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I, And Anthony Hopkins is knighted. No, that's uh, not not. Accurate. An- Sorry. Anthony Hopkins? No, you're wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, dude. See, I, Anthony Hopkins. So, I, I usually don't like religious movies. Um, you know, The Power of the Christ, all that uh, stuff. I don't really like those type of movies because they're so... Oh, they're very propagandy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, 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 at least that's what it feels like. However, yeah, yeah, um, there's a bias. You They're always trying to push like, you know, their religion or religious values yes. onto you. So, yes, exactly. And um, when you brought up the two popes, I thought it was going to be like much the same. Right. Right. And then um, I was like, oh, OK, who's in it? And then I looked it up and uh, we were texting at the time. Right. And I looked it up and I saw Anthony Hopkins was in it and uh, Jonathan Price. And I was like, OK, cool. Um, I'll watch yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, if I recall correctly, the text messages was, uh, yeah, we got to pick a movie for next week. So we got the two popes or this movie about potatoes. <laughs> and uh, once we found out Hopkins was in this pope movie, we picked that one over the potato movie. Oh, yeah. I, although I still think the potato movie might come up because it, it seemed... It, Probably. The, the previews looked actually pretty good. It was like a a Sundance select or something. But yeah, so uh, yeah, two popes is, is oh, what we're man. looking at today. First, we're going to um, jump into some 
some industry news that we got and uh, things that are coming up. Mm-hmm. So what do you got for us, Will? Yeah. And speaking of Sundance Film Festival, or at least in the film festival um, spectrum, we have Kane's Film Festival going on right now. Mm-hmm. That is, whew, that is like Christmas for the freaking uh, filmmakers. People, we love film, or we love um, festival circuits, right? Thank you, yeah. thank you. We love festival season. We love all the different films that are being brought out into it—the documentaries, the the fiction films, everything, right? Well, this year has a very, very interesting submission into Keynes. And it was had to be kept secret, dude. Had to be interesting. Kept what is this? What is this yeah. big secret that is released? This movie is a raw on the ground shot documentary of the uprising that is happening in Hong Kong. And how the Chinese government, the communist Chinese government, stepped in and was just brutal in stopping the um, protest, the peaceful protest, dudes. Oh. I'm talking about they were they were beating people down. Um, they have um, footage that all this footage was shot in secret, by the way, because if it was ever found out, the filmmakers would either disappear yeah. or get locked up. Yeah. <laughs> so. They had to film this entire thing in secret. Does this have to do and with in- like the? Isn't there's a battle in like Hong Kong or something? Oh no, that's, is that Thai, Thailand? It, Who's the one that thinks that they're it, not part of the Chinese government, but that China thinks they're part of the government? Is that Hong Kong? Um, that is that's Hong Kong. Oh, okay, they're yeah. so Hong Kong basically they're a mix between like a democratic and a communist state, right? They're going more mm-hmm. democratic. They have uh, elections. They decide what they want to do. And they're uh. really distancing themselves from China. And that's what this whole protest was about, was their independence and their freedom. I see. And China being like, no, damn it. We control you. We own you. Yeah. And we're going to come in and kill you. Sheesh. And so, yeah, dude. So this is so like this film. A documentary that's like highlighting all the corrupt things that are happening with the Chinese government. And oh, yeah. So they it's, wouldn't want that. It's showing. Exactly. They're showing brutal no uh, no if answer buts evidence that china is doing genocide oh wow they're uh committing war crimes on their own people they're just very 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 bad people and this documentary is showing that it's called uh revolution of our times okay very strong and impactful title for a documentary that had to be kept secret till the very last second. Wow. Literally like even Keynes put out a, um, a submission saying we have a secret submission, um, that we'll tell you about after everything closes. Like we have a secret submission for you. The first showing was only 10 people. Oh, wow. That's super secretive. (laughs) So part of me thinks that like, Oh, you know, putting this allure of like it's a secret submission that it's a way to just generate marketing and in you know increase interest but then you said 10 people yeah, saw the first think. showing <laughs> and i was like okay well maybe maybe that is a lot of people for a film festival i don't i don't know well I no, submitted anything usually going. yeah usually canes is uh chocked full and i i guarantee when they do regular submissions mm-hmm. uh, or regular showings of this film that it's going to be a sold house house yeah you know every time however 
the fact that they chose to only show to a very specific 10 people yeah. before showing it to the rest of the public is very powerful because they're saying that this isn't something fake. We're not, we don't, we're not making this whole like, oh, it's a, it's a documentary about what's going on in China. Ooh, let's, let's pump up the, no, no, they're, they're scared for their lives. They had to blur their faces. Everybody's right. face I was involved. They had to change everybody's names um, in the film because they know if the Chinese government found out who any of them were, who any of the families of any of them were, right. they would either be arrested or worse. just straight disappear. Right. Like, yeah. And, and that's so a very real reality for these people mm -hmm. living in that country. And I, I think that's... That's pretty cool. It's a, it's a uh, that they're able to get this out and and get people to see it. It's a real grass. Mm -hmm. This is like grassroots uh, journalism here at its finest. That they're yeah. able to create this in a country where everything is very uh, controlled and it just you know taking a video. All that stuff is is on you know servers and things that they all control. Their government controls and they're able to get that and then sneak it out of the country to create this documentary mm -hmm. and expose the, you know, the corruption for what it is. Um, that's, yeah. that's a real powerful it's statement. Shady. And I think it was a appropriate venue to, to place it at. I mean, I, there's mm -hmm. also this other side of maybe it's like, well, there, somebody is trying to further their career as well in, in filmmaking. But uh, if they were able to get this done, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't, you know, attract as many eyes as they as they possibly can well and that's the thing the director of the um documentary never uh doesn't need his uh career in filmmaking to get any boost he's already the director of a very successful sci-fi film that shows a dystopian future of china if the uh. communist party like goes overboard in the year 2035 i see however What's really sad and what really scary about this documentary is it proves his hypothesis in that um, in that sci-fi film that he made yeah. to be true 11 years early. He was expecting this stuff to be happening in the 2030s. Mm -hmm. He had no idea that they were going to be happening in the 2019s. Yeah, he's ahead of his time. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It, it's nuts. So th this director, all he cares about is Hong Kongians and them getting their freedom from China. He doesn't care about pushing his own agenda because he doesn't really need to. Yeah. He's already successful. And you could tell by, oh, man, I, I can imagine. Like, I've seen some of the, like, the photos of the stills. Mm -hmm. And they're just so powerful. I can't wait to get my hands on this documentary. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. Even... Even the director's going so far, um, or Keynes and the film are going so far as to hide the director <laughs> during wow. the festival, like his whereabouts. To protect he's them. only yeah. showing up. Yeah, he's only showing up to the actual screenings themselves. Outside that, he's in an undisclosed location. Wow, that's, nuts! That's that's crazy that you have to go to those lengths to to protect him and hide him. You know, I wonder how challenging it is to create something in a like you're surrounded in a country and you have to create content like that just seems like scary mm -hmm. and, and so dangerous for the people creating that you know when you sign up for a production job you don't think that your life is going to be on the line and in this yeah. case those people signed up for it and, and 
and did that so that they can expose this uh, and, and get it out to the public. So that's that's crazy. I, mm-hmm. I remember I was offered earlier this year like a documentary in in some uh, Muslim country. I can't remember specifically where it is, mm-hmm. and it was about a person uh, who's, who's gay coming out and not only coming out but trying to fight and and build a community in their country, um, but, yeah. but at the risk of you know torture and possibly being killed God, yeah. um, because it's a country that is uh, where they it's illegal to be gay mm-hmm. and they had asked me to go film it and once they told me oh yeah there's the threat of like being tortured and <laughs> taken captive I was like dude how, how am I going to hide this I'm going to another <laughs> country and filming somebody with a huge like a 20 pound camera and lights right. and microphones and like how would you expect like people are when I, honestly, when I when I film YouTube videos, people gather around. You know, it's like yeah. they want to see what's happening and 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 what's going on. And this, there's so much more at stake. And there's, just, I just didn't see any way that I could make this without causing harm to my putting harm and to me, my crew, and mm-hmm. and and my subject. And and I don't think I would be any help to them because I'm just going to draw more attention to them in a very dangerous place. I, I could understand yeah. if he was out of the country fighting for the rights in, for that country, but it was in the middle. It was in the middle of the bear's den, you know, it's like, it's we're Yeah. That's we're, just asking for trouble. Yeah. I, I don't even know how I would get my footage out and passing through customs or on a, you know, airline, a business airline, you know, without, I, you, I don't know. Maybe you don't think of things like that, but when you're going through a country like they, you know, they yeah. in immigrations and things like, especially if you have big camera gear and stuff like they want to know every single thing. They want permits. They want to know what's going on. Yeah. And when you're, you're gonna, doing something. Yeah. You would have to hide your hard drives with the footage separately from your gear. Cause you know, for a fact, if they take your gear, at least at that point, you know, securing the footage is main priority. Yeah, and and that I just I didn't think I was that was something I could do, but I yeah. applaud people that are able to do that. That's mm-hmm. that's yeah, amazing that they're able to get this out. Yeah, filming this throughout history, humans have used art to tell stories and to tell what's going on during occupations and during like very hard times in our history. So, someone using the documentary medium to create a piece that really shows us the rawness of what's going on in their lives and how they're being impacted and how they're being treated by their own government. Yeah. I applaud them. I applaud them. It's It yeah. takes someone special to do that. Well, going on with that, that was uh, a heavy, heavy topic in the news, uh, which there really isn't um, a lot of other news going out right now, um, except... Space Jam. Yeah, except, of course, Space Jam. Space Making Jam just came one. out. Yeah. yeah, dude. I want to check that out. I really do. It looks so cool. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of... Uh, they've, they, they've been playing a lot of the old uh, the old movie, and it's crazy to see like how much technology is advanced because they, how many more characters they have nowadays. It's just like before, they, there's even like a... On uh, Cartoon Network, they were playing like a joke and basically calling out how horrible 
the original part of the movie was they're like, look at this character has just been copy and pasted all over the audience here, here, yeah. here, here. And it's like, but now there's, you see all these other, these new characters now. and things that, that, yeah. And with all the advancement in technology, it's crazy mm-hmm. to see how, Dude, how much uh, better it is and how it's cool when you see, you know, your childhood movies kind of, yeah, man, I, I love, Ooh, excuse me. I love Looney Tunes movies, dude. Uh, Looney Tunes back, Looney Tunes back in action was amazing. Space Jam original was. <laughs> I watched that damn movie yeah. so much. I had one of those jerseys, you know, one of the Space Jam jerseys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, dude, I didn't buy clothes as kids, but when I saw that damn jersey on sale, oh, you bet your bottom dollar. I was like, Grandma, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> but like. <laughs> It's just so crazy. And to think that an animated slash live action movie like that already has controversy. And I'm not even kidding. Really? Yes. It already has controversy. What what controversy could a cartoon have? Lola Bunny's boobs aren't big enough now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Car- yeah, times have changed. <laughs> <laughs> they they <laughs> they reduced the size of a cartoon bunny's boobs. <laughs> yeah. Her twin chachas down to, you know, a respectable athletic size. And the internet lost their dang minds. <laughs> yeah, I I I can understand it though because it's a lot of First of all, a lot of these revamping of these movies that we enjoyed as kids are not for us primarily, but so that we can extend the things that we found that we cherished as kids and with our families, you know, and it's it's just it's a different world now. I mean, 2021 is a different world than 2020 was, but uh, it's a much different world now as far as how kids are and uh yeah, maybe we're not so much as like, I mean, do you think like, uh, oh crap, what's that movie? What's that show called? Uh, oh, uh, do you think like Married with Children would would be oh, a show that God. would be accepted nowadays either? No. It's like it's <laughs> no, yeah. So yeah, I get it. They make her boobs a little smaller, and yeah. that was her character. But I don't know. Mickey Mouse doesn't wear pants, so yeah. <laughs> well, like, I mean, or Mickey um, Winnie the Pooh doesn't wear pants, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Winnie like, the yeah, yeah it, it's and Mickey Mouse doesn't wear a shirt, right? He just wears yeah, uh, shorts. Yeah. See, and Lola Bunny, she wasn't sexualized in the original show either. She was only sexualized after or when Space Jam came out, and they gave her big boobs and a curvy butt and you know all that stuff. That's when she got sexualized. Yeah, and well. I, mean, I remember the sexiest part of uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit was her. So. <laughs> was she in it? Right? Wasn't she like the, the little... No, the, no. She wasn't um, the main girl from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That wasn't her? Oh, okay. Uh-uh. No. Um, that was... Oh, God. Mixing up the ladies' names. Whoops. Oh, she... I remember her. <laughs> girl from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. This is Jessica how you know Rabbit. I wouldn't be good, uh, sh- like shoveling, like juggling different women in my life because I can't <laughs> even remember the names of the first one. So yeah, uh, no, is uh, Jessica Rabbit okay? Jessica Rabbit. I'm pretty. I'm sure wrong on that one. 
publicly apologize. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't need to cancel you. Okay, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, but no, like, like uh, all they did, all they did was just reduce her boob size down. And they just made her a strong, independent female figure. And they just didn't sexualize her in the process. I don't know. Good. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think that's a good step forward for her character. She is a cartoon yeah. bunny, for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, get get used to it, America. That's, yeah, <laughs> we don't need to sexualize our cartoons. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to sexualize everything, guys. It's okay. Yeah. Take a horny chill pill. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get a new lens for my camera, mm-hmm. the twenty-two millimeter, and then I want to get a new light because right now i have my 1k and i can turn that on and i can um really i can make it look make me look good yeah however it's gonna it, it's so hot i was gonna say that i'm sweating within 10 minutes dude i was just reading your i was looking through our post and i was just reading that you're gonna do 1k tungsten and i was looking at the picture and i was like isn't that a lot for that room? <laughs> like, I feel yeah. like that's like that's like sunlight. I feel like that's a it lot. is, dude. I I have a I have two one K tungstens and I have a six fifty. But my six fifty, there's something wrong with it. I don't think the the bulb is burnt. I think there's something mechanically wrong oh. with it. Yeah. Um, so I have to really open it up and um, dig into it one of these days. I just haven't gotten around to it. But even my 650, like that one will still be pushing it. But it's just these tungstens are so damn hot. Yeah. In a non-ventilated room. It's yep. it's impossible. Well, maybe you so should look I at really like wanna... just getting like a, uh, I, I know you're going to get upset when I see this. Just a cheap thing from like Amazon, <laughs> like an LED light, yeah. a, a panel, you know? Then yeah, you could just that's put what it, I was looking like, at. I see a lot of gamers, they have like their stuff up, you know, their computer up against the wall, but they put these flat Mm -hmm. LED panels up on each side of their screen. And that seems to look pretty good. And then you just turn the lights off in the room. So you get a nice like uh, fall off on on the light. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I want to do. Those are they're using the Elgato um, Mm, light panels, Mm -hmm. which they're the Elgato light panels are fine if you can get them used and for like a hundred bucks yeah hundred and ten dollars if you're paying the two hundred dollars brand new for those lights you're paying way too much money because uh those lights they're just all they are is um wi-fi enabled yeah dimmable led panels that's it yeah that's it i looked into those ones and i there was some reason that prevented me from pulling the trigger on there because they i heard a lot of I can't remember exactly, but I heard there was some something negative about it, and that was the reason I didn't get it. Well, I mean, the only negative thing that I can see that's about it is literally the price. Mm. Because you're getting nothing special for it. You don't need to control the light through your phone. No. You don't need to. You you set it once, right? You set lights once, and that's it. You just turn them on and off at that point. You shouldn't have to set them over and over again. You shouldn't be setting them over and over again. Yeah. You know, they should be set one very specific time for the camera you're using. It's the whole point. No matter yeah. how many times you, <laughs> yeah. No matter how many times you take down that camera and put it up, it should still be hitting with the same light. Right. So you don't need the Wi-Fi thing. And the Wi-Fi is what's making it cost $100 more than a comparable, you know, panel. But I like the... uh 
the the desk clips like how it how it screws onto mm-hmm. your desk and it's just like a pole that yeah, goes. Yeah, that's straight. really cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool because then you don't have to put like a a stand and if you do a stand you have to do yeah. more room because you got to have enough for the legs to come out. It was just a problem I had in my well, wine room. Yeah, well, but I mean that really doesn't even cost money because all that is is a uh, desk clamp mm-hmm. light stand, which is you know twenty thirty bucks. Yeah. It still doesn't. You know, it still doesn't justify the extra hundred. You know, that was upsold so much just based on the name Elgato. Yeah. Doesn't mean I don't want one because <laughs> the Wi-Fi feature does make it easier. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't need it. And it's not worth the extra hundred dollars. That's what I'm saying. If you can get it used, you can get that light used. It's absolutely worth the purchase. It's just. Right. I can't see myself pulling the trigger on a $200 light. That's not worth $200 damn dollars, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, when I told you I got those aperture, the MC four, um, lights, those are badass. but I don't know. Oh, I love those lights. Yeah. They're really cool. Like, but I don't know how useful they would be for like a setup, like a stream. Like if you're just doing a stream mm-hmm. and you leave them in one spot, like it's a little expensive for that. But for me, like yeah. thinking of using them on set, I'm like, Oh man, for like set, putting this on for like a practical and then having that high intent, the, uh, color corrected high intensity light. So it's not flickering on my camera because I, so many times I filmed for the show and the, the light was flickering and I'm like, well, fuck that. We just got to work with it because I, we need this light in the background. And, uh, so this, that's great to just replace that with a normal light. And then also it does like all the different effects. So you can do like the fire, the paparazzi the, mm-hmm. and and it's all like controlled on your phone, which is even cooler. And, you, and it's so much easier because you don't have to connect anything. You just open the app and it, automatically finds them and controls your lights for you it's it's pretty badass yeah. i think it's for me it's definitely worth the money but um it might be something to consider if you're gonna do it for like a live stream dude like those those lights are absolutely amazing i've seen them on bh photo all over the place and i really yeah. wanted to get some yeah um those are so good for filmmaking because they're they're perfect if you need them for a key light like if you had nothing else and you wanted to use two of those lights in there to like light up your face while you're on stream or whatever or while you're recording you could totally do that if you wanted accent lighting in the back with an additional one or two perfect let's say you got the four pack or six pack or whatever yeah you can do that as well it's it's so great those lights are so versatile they're so small yet strong they are surprisingly bright it's it's nuts, dude. When you're when you're um, filming like handheld, like on the go, uh, like vlogger style, yeah, you can get one of those and you can put it on. Uh, you could clip it into the uh, or screw it into the cage, yeah, yeah. of your camera, and boom, you have an on-camera light that is not is it's powerful enough to light up every subject you're interviewing, to light yourself up, to get good light no matter where you're at. Those lights, you made a wonderful picture in the light or uh, a wonderful purchase in the lighting world my friend yeah and i'm very very happy (laughs) i've been wanting to do (laughs) aperture it's they're expensive everything's expensive when you go production side but now yeah i mean it's aperture for goodness sakes yeah but now i'm starting to be able to like uh, justify it because when you have like Mm -hmm. four or five lights on a set 
and you want them all to be the same color and you you buy like everything before I just bought cheap lights because it was just for YouTube videos. It worked fine, yeah. but it's like now I want them all to look the same color and it's like you can't have it when mm-hmm. the what is it called the CFI or whatever it is 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 so low yeah. that the light colors are all different and they're all supposed to be the same. It's like this is fucked up. <laughs> it's like yeah. One's really cool, one's really warm. It's like I don't know what the fuck to do. So now now that these are like yeah. super accurate, it's it's so much better haven't i haven't actually used them for anything yet but other than playing with them the technology of lights are evolving all the time um leds are becoming so much more prevalent even from the time that i started in the film industry to now we have moved from largely using tungsten lights to leds everywhere i mean leds were used before don't get me wrong but um for a long time they weren't trusted yeah that's because they were um, the light meters weren't made to measure light from LED sources. So we're uh, getting LED or we're getting the wrong numbers on the light meters. So when we'd give it to the DP, you know, give it to you guys and you would use those light numbers to determine, you know, all your beautifulness on the shots. We we're giving you the wrong numbers and the shots were coming out wrong. Oh, uh, so they didn't, they just stuck with the old thing until technology got mm-hmm. better and everything kind of adapted with it. Exactly. We got the new light meters that are able to measure the different LED wavelengths. We have um, the brand new edition of the um, Set Lighting Mechanics Handbook now has a whole chapter on reading and setting LED lights. So they're trying to teach everybody from the get go now on how to work with LED lights because Ah. they are the future. Yeah. You know, dude, I can imagine working on like a high lit TV set where there's just so many of Mm -hmm. those big ass bulb lights all over the set like it just mm-hmm. they must have to crank the ac just to prevent people from sweating all day because it's i that seems like so much heat <laughs> yeah it's it's nuts the ac has to be on um god i've seen ac set to 55 60 degrees Jeez. if the entire production is being done with tungsten and i'm still sweating <laughs> Because the AC can't keep up. Yeah. Or it's trying to keep up so hard that it's so loud we have to turn off the AC so we can get the damn shot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like, oh, God, there's one there's one set. We didn't use a single LED light. And it was one of my student sets, of course. And um, we're on the soundstage and every light was tungsten. We had the 10K up. It, It was... Oh, God, it was the hottest set ever. <laughs> it was a closed set, so oh, no great. open doors, yeah. no open ventilation. <laughs> the AC, it was middle of summer, Florida, so the AC was working no. super hard, so it had to get <laughs> shut off. Oh, man, dude, it felt like the desert. It felt yeah. like, you know, when you're going to Vegas and you have to stop off on one of those... Um, like gas stations in the middle of BF nowhere yeah, and you yeah. walk inside and it's hotter inside than it is outside. And you're just like, why? Oh, why yeah, are you like this? That's my garage office yeah. most of the time. <laughs> oh yeah. That was that set. Yeah. <laughs> I was coming off. I had to sweat or switch my shirts twice. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, you don't see too much of those kind of sets anymore, but cause I, I was watching like Kevin can go fuck himself and uh, mm-hmm. they use that kind of old style set. And I was just like, man, I could just imagine how many lights are on that set right now. So that when the characters walk around, they're all evenly lit. There must be so much. Oh, light. dude. 
it's it, it's nuts because if they're having to do a wide shot, then you have to make sure that everybody is getting proper lighting no matter right. where they walk. So you yeah. have to get somebody to stand in the final spot, somebody uh, then have them stand in the beginning spot, have them move and make sure that the light is good for the entire wide shot. And then you have to make sure that the light is perfect for their close-ups on each one of their right. locations. It looks like a nightmare. Like I was watching Seinfeld the other day and it's like everywhere they walk in his apartment, there's a backlight and two front, two uh, key light or a key light on the front. And I'm like, God, how do they, how do they plan that out? So that everywhere he walks, he's, he's got a backlight and like, and without fucking up the shot or over making it too hot, you know, uh, uh, not, not too hot temperature, but hot uh, color yeah. light wise. Yeah. It's hard, man. It's hard. That's what I specialized in. That's what I love to do was, making sure the light was there, but not in a obstructive way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. It, it's, it's fun. It's just, it's very hard uh, being able to figure out what needs to be lit, how, and lighting them in a way that it's seamless when you go from the wide shot that doesn't necessarily have all those, you know, uh, those edge lights and highlights on yeah. each individual person to having those edge lights and highlights in a seamless manner. It, it's not always easy and it's not always um, seamless. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that, but that's our job is to make it seamless. Yeah. It's a hell of a job. I like just showing up and recording. <laughs> yeah, dude, it, it it's nuts. Cause like I, I'll watch these old shows that were shot with tungsten lights on my um, new TV and the TV's so, so high def with all the UHD blah, blah, blah stuff in it. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> you can see the sweat dripping down the faces <laughs> of these actors, dude. And like, you'll you'll see them all sweaty and then they'll cut away and then they're perfect again. I'm like, yep, makeup definitely had to come in for there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> God, it's hilarious. Okay, let's get back to our movie. Yeah, that was a uh, that was our tech corner. <laughs> tech, tech corner. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to throw that in there somewhere. Our our tech minute of the day. Now back to yeah. what everybody <laughs> absolutely came for: hearing our opinions. Oh. Oh. <laughs> crickets! Oh, I hear crickets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of uh, two floppy things, let's get into uh, two popes here. Um, <laughs> Netflix, this came out August 31st, 2019, and it is a biographical drama because it's based on true events. Now, I actually don't know when this must have not been a period that I was alive when two popes were alive together. But um, yeah, we're this. So in this film, there's two popes and uh, one is took the uh, papacy and wants to feels it's too much and he wants to relinquish it and hand it down to another cardinal. And so this is kind of like his struggle of, of passing it on or, or dealing with that. I mean, he's just, it's, he's got a big decision on his hands uh, because I, I'm not hundred percent sure, but once you become Pope, I think it's a job you get for life. Right. And you uh, die from the, him. yeah, from the research that I did, um, which was very quick research, by the way, um, your Pope until you die, you can abstain from being the Pope, but that's only happened literally a handful of times in history. Twice, uh, maybe three times. 
if you're stretching, but everybody else uh, really takes the position and is a martyr for the church as well as yeah. their leader. Yeah. Well, uh, let's jump into it. So uh, at this point, you're welcome to pause it and uh, check out check out the movie uh, The Two Popes, which is on Netflix currently. And uh, we'll be right back with you. Hey, you guys, it's Will at the editing desk. I just wanted to take this opportunity to quickly tell you to smash that like button and, you know, share the episodes if you really enjoy them. All right. Bye. Hey, guys, uh, welcome back to Uncovered Cinema. Today, we're talking Two Popes on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And holy crap, I did not expect to. Wait, I I think that's blasphemous. (laughs) Holy crap. I didn't expect to like it. Holy. (laughs) I know, dude. (laughs) (laughs) We're so blasphemous. We're going to hell. Straight to hell. Hey, you know what? It might not be the worst place in the world. I'm just saying I do live in America. Yeah, if there's all those rules that I count me out. I, I agree, but uh, I didn't. I didn't expect to like two popes Dude, because I thought right? it was going to be a little bit religious centered, and mm-hmm. it there's this. It's it's a complex movie because there's there's a, a friendship. Um, can I say frenemy? They're frenemies, and yeah, they, it, I'm, they they friend, but they didn't like each other. Yeah, they and they, they were the they prove that. If you have someone that you don't like for really no reason at all, you just don't like him. You know, like Joe from work. He's just very punchable, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. You know, all you need is a couple of days to chill and bromance will bloom. That's well, what it, it, it kind of reminds me of like <laughs> kids on the playground. You know, if yeah. you don't like somebody, it, it's you pick on them, and, and that's the person that you actually like. But that's just your way of showing <laughs> that you like them is by like oh my bullying them a little bit. You know, dude, kids I, on a playground is the perfect analogy for how every one of those cardinals <laughs> were acting. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good analogy for the religion in general, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's complex, though. The whole thing's complex. He's dealing with this frenemy relationship. He's dealing with like becoming the uh, the, the pope and and the religion and how he's going to dictate it. And there's like this whole like background of each of the characters so in depth on these characters, especially uh, uh, Jonathan Price, his character. Has a lot. Really, we think this movie is about Anthony Hopkins, but it's not. It's about Jonathan Price because we do his flashbacks and build this whole character around him. He's such a solid character by the end of the movie. As far as Anthony Price's character goes, they they show everything, dude. They show the character on his redemption track because he doesn't believe that he made the proper decisions when he was younger. Yeah. But in in my opinion and in the opinion of uh the first pope there's not much he could do, you know? He was in yeah, a not- lose-lose situation. He was in a situation that he can only save so many people. Oh, you're talking about in uh Buenos Aires. Yeah, 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 yeah. In situation in like the, the 70s or whatever it was. 50s or 60s something something like yeah. that. And um you know they just show that even when he goes through situations like that, he can still grow as a person and he doesn't have to get bogged down by that, you know? Mm, And I I really love that they showed us that. 
And th- this film, they didn't really hold much back um, in terms of uh, controversies and stuff. They're very forward. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, you know, yeah. They really, they addressed the whole issue with the, uh, the, the predators in the church and earth. Yeah. And th- yeah, they I recall them fighting about that. And then, yeah, th- I felt they did really well with like dealing with showing the burden that's on his chest for being the Pope and, and how he was man enough to admit that it was too much and that he just kind of wanted to kind of move on. And it's crazy to think that that's something that these people spend their whole lives attaining to this is the highest position the closest to god they could possibly be mm-hmm. for for i mean, I mean they, they represent god and yeah and, and he just was man enough to say this is too much for me i can't handle the pressure well even even more than that i think it was on a deeper level it's his character and the first pope is so strong to me because in my opinion he never should have been pope you know, yeah, he wanted absolutely. it for the completely wrong reasons. Right. But after he had it, there isn't a force in this world that could have removed him from his popistry. Nothing. Yeah. But he came to that decision because of how much he believes in God and how much he believes in the office. And once he realizes that I didn't get this position through God, I got this position through my own greed, my own, um, yeah. you know, uh, ambition that he had to take a step back because he made decisions for the church that were completely against the teachings of the church. Mm-hmm. All, yeah, they even fight about it. <laughs> yeah, all to quote unquote save face or, you know. Yeah, you know, try to not quote unquote. I'm sorry. Although uh, to all to just a safe face and to try and like they said, we would rather nine um, kids be destroyed than nine million kids lose their religion, faith, or yeah. lose their faith because of you know the acts of one of their priests. You know. Yeah, which that part also explains a lot to like the way they tried to cover it up and their opinions on that in real world. Um, IRL of course. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's also this like big contrast between his, yeah. How he, how, when he becomes Pope, he, he glams himself up so much, puts the gold on. And then, and then, uh, the other, the second one, it just is like, he's a, uh, popper pope you know for lack of a better word he just uh is dresses the way he was the whole time and and uh you know throughout his career he didn't even stay in the nice places or anything he kind of like turned away from all that so uh it was a nice contrast between them both but yeah you're right he shouldn't have been pope in the first place it was just something a title he wanted to cross off it seemed yeah it, it was just the next logical step you know the, the crazy part is like I didn't think I know you can't film in the Vatican. I am. I don't think that's something they would allow. And, uh, they portrayed that pretty well for a a movie. I mean, it looks like they filmed in Rome, but they made like replica, uh, places like, like the Sistine chapel and the, um, parts of the Vatican were made, 
on a set because I I'm I don't think that's something they would have allowed. Uh, the church would have allowed you to go and film. That's like asking you know for Leah Remy to go film in Scientology. It's not going to happen. Yeah, um, or and, go into the White House very, and film. Yeah, it's very uh, sacred. So they did an amazing job showing that and and recreating and making it feel like you were in the the Vatican. Uh, especially like when they did that, when all the popes met or all the, uh, cardinals met to mm-hmm. like vote and everything, it really had a nice feel that, it, that we were in the Vatican. And yeah. I think that part of the way that sold it was mixing it with like a uh, video of like the real news video. clips. Yeah. The, of like re- the real popes being picked and stuff. And a lot of the crowd and stuff, you can tell all that was kind of sliced in there. Mm-hmm. Ever since um, last couple of years, I've noticed that they're doing that with uh, films that are more realistic. It started with, mm-hmm. uh, remember that JFK TV show that came out a couple of years ago on Hulu? Um, it was about yes. uh, some time traveler going back in time and stopping JFK's assassination. Yes. They used that was the first time I remember them using real footage in like a TV show like that. That's not like a documentary or based oh, off yeah, hard, yeah. like real stuff. And it added so much to that show. I was so right. happy to see other shows mimic that, like The Crown and this show, where they show right. like like even The Crown took it a step further where they took the real footage, but they even superimposed the actress's face over the real queens and it was it's just so freaking good i love it i think it adds a whole new element a whole new dimension to it you know no yeah definitely i I, when you can mix it in there especially Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of that's that was about what i was about to say is if you can like kind of take a new style to the old footage and but superimposing your face on there that is kind of cool you have like deep fakes that were made from like the 70s but you're using that footage Mm -hmm. so you get that grain and everything in there that's kind of cool you don't really see that nowadays everything's so clear and clean nowadays so it's kind of cool when you use yeah like uh alternate forms of media like like you know real to real like that that kind of stuff that has Mm -hmm. the grain and things in there so yeah yeah, they, they hit that pretty well but uh what else do we uh the the one thing that really uh, i don't know man you tell me i didn't really like the camera shaking stuff that they yeah. were doing in the film they're trying to make I it look like raw like this is raw it was all footage. shoulder like yeah like it was all like like handheld footage yeah man and the zooms like the the push pulls that they were doing all the time, like it was just too right. much. Once or twice, strategically in the film, would have been very impactful. But yeah, damn near every scene, <laughs> distracting. It became distracting. And yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I've spent so I've invested so much money into not having my camera shake. So mm-hmm. when I see things like that, it just <laughs> it's. You're right. Just a little is okay, but yeah. otherwise, it's it's infuriating because I'm like, I have so much. There's so much technology and money involved to make your camera so stable, yeah. And and it's so readily available nowadays. And yeah, and you go back and choose this handheld look, but it, I don't know how how necessarily how much it adds to the story, other than trying to make you feel like you're there. But That's- you're right. After like a lot of the garden scenes felt a little bit distracting because you're like shaking mm-hmm. with everything in the foreground shaking, and it, it's it's. Uh, yeah, and that's that's the thing, dude. You don't 
It is. When you're when you're spending so much money, like you just said, to make sure your camera doesn't shake, having camera shake is a specific choice that you're making, you know? Yeah. So when you overuse it and you just kill it like they did in this film, it just it they could have chosen so many better shots and they just kept going back to old faithful like yeah. the director was try or the dp was trying his best to make his favorite shot work and it just i see yeah kept trying over and over <sighs> you know <laughs> but other than that i think everything else was really beautiful mm-hmm. the, the scenes the, the locations were just so beautiful oh god the, the locations for example in his summer home like i think that's where he spent most of the time in the movie anyways but yeah. it was so beautiful all the rooms and the walls and things and it was it was actually it's all set so i think yeah. that's kind of cool that they're able to replicate there was a few parts where like the walls are supposed to be like handmade and they're supposed to have like this uh yeah what do you call it like a, a wine scott wines coating on there mm-hmm. and uh you can kind of tell it was just painted on, but I it mean, would still look really pretty from a distance. Yeah, there's only so much you could do with production uh, money, you know? I mean, yeah. like, you got to imagine the summer home of the Pope. They probably spent, you know, $10,000 working on those walls. And oh, yeah. <laughs> the production company is going to spend like a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, I, I get that, but... Yeah. The the film, oh, do you do you think the the drone shot of the summer house was the uh, was the real summer house of the Pope? Because if so, holy crap, dude, that huge. place was yeah. huge. Well, any place you're parking a helicopter, yeah. uh, is is pretty some pretty substantial real estate. Oh, dude, but, I, uh, I love Jonathan Price's face when he saw the damn helicopter. He was like, oh god. <laughs> yeah it's like here we go all, it's all white and it's like, like seriously the pope mobile you know <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness oh. dude it's just it's so funny i i love the rawness of the uh not the rawness i'm sorry i love the uh subtle comedy of the film and yeah the two actors were so good at making something serious seem something like comedic but at the same time not enough to forget how serious what they're talking about is you know yeah yeah but i mean it's it's easy to distract you from the fact that it's just two old men having a conversation for two hours yes (laughs) it is that's uh, all it is that's really all it is but we forget and and we get caught up but i think like a lot of the flashbacks kind of help make it that way and it just did so much for the character development yeah it made the character so strong afterwards that that's when we kind of realized like oh this movie's not even about anthony hopkins character yeah. it's about jonathan bryce's character because and, there's so much development behind there and we don't know nothing about him you know yeah. the other guy and even um even more on that it's not I, I would even argue it's not really about jonathan price's character either i would say it's more about the evolution of the church because when this new pope came oh. in, that's when a lot of their, you know, anti-LGBTQ feelings and sentiments started going away. And, you know, yeah. other things, because this new pope is the one that really revolutionized the way the church was thinking about various subjects. That's you a know? good point. And if you come from the perspective of 
the progression of the church from like mm-hmm. the 50s as we follow these characters through yeah to the current time there was yeah a scene where they show them with like an lgbt flag in the background yeah and i wonder how the church would feel about this well about this movie they, they felt like it was a good light towards them or i i don't know the, the, even the film brought up the real life um quotes of the second pope so i was actually just looking up the so you know we said it in the beginning that this is based off of real life events the, mm-hmm. these two popes end up so anthony hopkins character is played by pope benedict the 16th it looks like mm-hmm. and he his papacy started in 2005 and he ended it in 2013 and if you look at it if you like you know go on google and look at a picture of pope benedict mm-hmm. he, this actually looks like anthony hopkins right <laughs> he did a really good job picking oh, him they they showed the uh two real popes at the end of the movie yeah yeah oh and yeah they that's looked true. They did so show at the similar end. they looked so yeah. similar to the actors and then and so the name is israel as well because the other one was uh we now know as pope francis mm-hmm. but is actually uh mario bergoglio Ber- bergoglio uh, i'm gonna butcher it sorry uh bergoglio yeah uh, again i'm butchering it but um <laughs> he uh was uh papacy began in 2013 mm-hmm. and uh it looks like he's still never died running the show yeah uh, it doesn't look like uh, it. it that makes sense because i know this new pope um at least some from my friends that are still heavily in the catholic church they they like the new guy you know yeah Mo- a lot more open to like understanding so yeah this this is the current pope then so that he's a lot more open to <laughs> so so this movie everything is, that's going on in the world and receptive to that so this movie is about the pope who likes uh instagram models uh photos huh <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> oh you didn't hear about that no what, oh what is the that? pope um got caught liking um instagram models bathing suit photos <laughs> <laughs> i could you blame a man that old though? Like, no, does he dude. even really know what he's doing? Like, he probably I mean, didn't even know it was an app. No, I, I bet you anything. It was it was so funny. People were like, "Yo, teach the Pope how to use incognito mode." <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I mean, so funny, if you go back far enough in history, there's a long line of horny popes. They oh, have dude, definitely. Uh, a a tradition of that and even they even mentioned it in the film like there was a time where popes could be married Mm -hmm. and if you even go back far enough i i can't remember the name but there was a pope that refused to be at the vatican and made the whole operation of running the church move just so that he could be closer to a mistress um that he kept in the city and again this is i'm I'm, we're talking maybe a few hundred years back yeah i mean uh, the church is if you look back there there's plenty of horny popes yeah i mean (laughs) the church is so old uh, they've had so many popes absolutely like they said in the film dude the church changes it doesn't adapt it doesn't you know it doesn't uh do any of that stuff it changes you know all yeah before 500 you know a.d there is no mention of angels. Now, as soon as 500 AD rolls around, the church decides that angels are a thing. Boom. Angels everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so Absolutely. it's just the Pope not being able to marry and all that stuff. I mean, come on. <laughs> that that came out of it's, literally nowhere. And they just changed it in just one day. That's just the way it is. Maybe. Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe a Pope's wife was just too much for the church to handle with a guy who's supposed to die in office, you know? Right. Well, I mean, that's echoed throughout history and all religions. I, I think mm-hmm. I even remember that uh, with Mormons, that the, one of the reasons they're not allowed to have cigarettes and coffee is because they were uh, gathering at the uh, one of the founder's house and the wife got upset because they kept living cigarettes all over the place and empty coffee cups. <laughs> really? And that was one of the reasons they, they, well, oh, I mean, it, the idea evolved into much yeah. something much bigger, which is the idea of like, you know, putting toxins into your body and, and, and things that change your mood, your, it alters your state of being like coffee and caffeine. Yeah. But the uh, the idea came from a naggy wife who was tired of picking up cigarettes that's, during a church service. That's know? just so funny, dude. That's just so funny. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, there's a really good, uh, I think it's the uh, last podcast on the left is a really good breakdown of the Mormon, uh, like the, the history of the Mormons and stuff. That's, that was interesting. <laughs> so to wrap it up, that was Two Popes on Netflix. My opinion is whether you're religious or not, check it out. It's not a movie about religion or I should say it's not a movie for religion, but it's a movie about the Catholic church and its leader. It's not, it's not super preachy. So you don't feel like you're diving deep into the culture. Yeah. It's not like God, this God, that it's more like we're human what are we going to do for ourselves and what's best for the church? And what does, um, what do we believe God thinks and, you know, stuff like that. So even if you're religious or not, it's a good idea to watch just so you can get into the mindset of someone who is crazy into the Catholic church and into the popery and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely a solid check it out. Uh, Anthony Hopkins for me, anything, Mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins, I'm watching it. Did you ever feel like for a moment it was just like, you kind of, you know, we all know his character, but it's like, okay, he's just uh, Hannibal Lecter wearing a Pope outfit. Oh, <laughs> so absolutely. He had these like creepy look, these jowling looks to mm-hmm. to the other Pope at times. And I'm like, okay, he's about to eat his face. <laughs> he's he's going to Pope, go Pope crazy on him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Anthony Hopkins ever since he, he's just, he's the best. He's the best bad yeah. guy. He's the best. <laughs> he's just the best dude. Uh, everything yeah. he's in is entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. So check it out. Uh, two popes. Do we have a film of the week this week for wheels recommendations? I was just looking those up because I forgot it happened. I have one then I can look. Ooh. Uh, just watched it on Netflix. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so for film of the week, it's actually two films that are out right now. Ooh. Again, wait, on wait, Netflix. wait, wait, wait. Oh, I'm is our boy shiny. here going to give us film of the week peeps? <laughs> is it, is it Brian's film of the Don't week? Don't make me blush. Oh. You're going to make me blush. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> it's, it's been a busy week. We're switching the roles up. I know you did the open today. I know. Weird, right? <laughs> I'm picking the movie. Yeah. We're, 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 we're scripting the flip. Um, so, <laughs> Uh, Fear Street. If you check it out, Fear Street. There's uh, two parts to it. Watch that. It's so good, dude. The soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. Everything from like 1994. All these like old school songs that 
we forgot about like just it's the soundtrack is amazing it's fire yeah. uh so i've already i've seen the first one i'm getting ready to watch the second one i think it's uh fear street 1978 mm-hmm. i believe is the next one but uh yeah it's really good the the characters the plot not so much but the soundtrack is worth it alone you'll like you'll remember all these things from the 90s and it it makes the movie so much more better heck yeah but, uh it, yeah there's actually some scary characters in there too which is, is kind of nice to it, see. it looks like it's fear street part one 1994 and then fear street part two 1978 that's yeah and it, done, it's weird they go into the past for part two it's they did really well in creating like you can in from the first episode you can see that they have set it up for a whole bunch like a whole series it's going to be like goosebumps but for adults and they're kind of laying it all out for you there's all these different characters and uh different people in there i'm really like a little nervous to see this priest there's this priest that like eats the eyes of little boys oh dude Uh, that's exciting scary as shit like i can't i can't wait to see that one there's just so many different characters that they have that they've already have like highlighted that we're going to be seeing in, in future movie dude series. That's so fitting that a priest is eating eyeballs yeah. when we just watch two popes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's scary. That guy looks scary. Like I'm going to get scared when I watch that one, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a good thing. And we're going to be seeing the series. And like I said, it's going to be, it's like, it's like watching goosebumps, but for adults, it's mm-hmm. definitely not a kid movie. Not don't want let your kids watch it, but uh yeah, it, it's going to be good to see these whole series play out when we see all these other films. Going. I would say maybe throw it out great. there, five to ten films you're going to see coming out from this production. That's so great. I'm very excited. Um, yeah. Oops. Something um, to break, so, break, crack into. Yeah. So um, we do you have any up? Are you working on anything right now, Brian? Any upcoming uh, projects that you would like to bring to the uh, public's attention? I am, and I love would love to talk about it. I have so much to say, and I, I like have to so bite my close. tongue because I just signed my uh, NDA oh. for this production company, so I can't say anything anymore, and I want to because there's so much to say. Because, yeah. you know, of course, right after I signed it, that's when all the information had come out. Of course. I and, mean, uh, well, what's the point of signing it if they weren't going to give you all the info? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's so, so much, and I'm so excited. I can't wait for things to come out, but y- yeah, you will see... Uh, me and the opening credits of some major uh, things coming out Ooh, within the next year. And I'm, I'm so excited exciting. to have my my name in the silver screen. Yeah. And um, so uh, we do have some stuff, though. We're as Uncovered Cinema, we're going to be bringing back live streaming. Um, mm-hmm. That was like a huge uh, it, uh, journey for us before we, we yeah. had we we're getting like almost a thousand people watching us every every episode. And uh, it was so great to like interact with everybody. Yeah. And uh, we've been like, we've revamped it so much. I think it's going to be so great when you watch it. Like we both have new offices, mm-hmm. new um, locations, that we're filming out of. Yeah. New, new studios. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's growing and we're so excited to like be able to bring this back to you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to see the new setup. Yeah. It's the, the stuff that's coming to uncover cinema. We don't want to talk about everything, but we have been, um, working with uh new things so there's going to be new uh mid-roll ads there's going to be uh hopefully soon we're going to get new um the the stream is going to come up so we're going to have the stream that's going to be live Mm -hmm. on twitch we're going to have the recordings that are going to go up on youtube and of course the regular content that you're receiving now so uh once we 
Yeah. So once we're able, once we're ready to roll out phase two of Uncovered Cinema, we're going to let you guys know. Um, and, yeah, and we're thinking about a month or two. We're, yeah. It, it yeah. It, be... it, it, it's going to be a couple months. We'll let you know when um, we're 100% ready, but uh, we're very, very excited for phase two. It's coming along pretty well. Yes, I'm like I'm so giddy about it, and mm-hmm. I'm just so thankful. Like our uncovered cinema family is like growing and yes. getting bigger and bigger. We, we now love have you added so like much. <laughs> to our production team. We have a director, producer. Mm-hmm. We have like a, a music coordinator yeah. and a graphic designer. Like it's just growing so much. It's so great to like just see our dreams kind of like coming out into reality and and that it's being received so well so yeah uh, yeah. thank you for that and we can't wait to be bringing you more heck yeah and then um i have a couple things personally going on the in the horizon so once we're ready to or once i'm ready to bring that forward i'm definitely going to let you guys know bring that up yeah, that's that's the hard part about the yeah, production side it, is you can't talk about anything you're doing. Yeah, and you always have to like get approval to post Instagram pictures, so it's a little tough. But once yeah, things start it, to come out, then we can a little show things again. Yeah, a little known thing. If you guys are in the industry, you know it well. But um, every production, everything you work on has a NDA, a non disclosure agreement. So um, that way, they can keep the storyline of film secret. They can keep who's working on what secret because they don't want to yeah. let the public know until it's strategically uh, yeah. good for the, the marketing film. team. Marketing <laughs> comes through and looks at it. Yeah. Yeah. So our our lips are sealed on what we want to do even on our own personal projects for the same reason we have to make sure that um marketing is getting what they need to get and we're doing it on the right time so when everything is good and we get the green check i can't wait to share what i've been working on and You'll hear it first, not on the podcast, but at Uncovered Cinema and r slash Uncovered Cinema on Reddit. Yes, sir. So, r slash uh, Uncovered Cinema. Feel free to check us out over there, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to Two Popes. Yeah, thank you, thank you. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.